Hello and welcome to episode 816 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Tuesday, February 27th, 2024, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Tuesday prayer by the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguri, to the Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain a good death. O Mary, how shall I die? Even now that I think of my sins and of that decisive moment on which my salvation or eternal damnation depends, of that moment in which I must expire and be judged, I tremble and am confounded. O my most sweet mother, my hopes are in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thy intercession. O comfortress of the afflicted, do not then abandon me. Cease not to console me in that moment of so great affliction. If I am now so tormented by remorse for sins committed, the uncertainty of pardon, the danger of relapse, and the rigor of divine justice, what will become of me then? Unless thou helpest me, I shall be lost. Ah, my lady, before death obtain me great sorrow for my sins, thorough amendment, and fidelity to God during the remainder of my life. And when my last moment arrives, O Mary, my hope, help me in the great distress in which I shall then be. Encourage me that I may not despair at the sight of my sins, which the devil will place before me. Obtain that I may then invoke thee more frequently, so that I may expire with thy most sweet name and that of thy beloved son on my lips. Nay more, my lady, but forgive my boldness. Before I expire, do thou come thyself and comfort me with thy presence. Thou hast granted this favor to so many of thy devout servants. I also desire and hope it. I am a sinner, it is true. I do not deserve so great a favor. But I am thy servant, love thee, and have full confidence in thee. O Mary, I shall expect thee. Do not disappoint me of this consolation. At least, if I am not worthy of so great a favor, do thou help me from heaven, that I may leave this life loving God and thee, to love thee eternally in paradise. Today, friends, we return once again to fisheaters.com for Meditations for Lent by the angelic doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas probably the greatest philosopher of the last thousand years. Today's meditation, Second Tuesday. For the second Tuesday of Lent, the passion of Christ brought about our salvation because it was a meritorious act. Number one, St. Thomas begins by saying, Grace was given to Christ, not only as to a particular person, but also as far as he is the head of the church, in order that the grace might pass over from him to his members. And the good works Christ performed, therefore, stand in this same way in relation to him and to his members, as the good works of any other man in a state of grace stand to himself. Now it is evident that any man who, in a state of grace, suffers for justice's sake, merits for himself by this very fact alone Salvation, as is said in the gospel, blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice's sake, Matthew 5.10. Whence Christ, by his passion, merited salvation not only for himself, but for all his members. Christ, indeed, from the very instant of his conception, merited eternal salvation for us. But there still remain certain obstacles on our part, obstacles which kept us from possessing ourselves of the effect of what Christ had merited. Wherefore, in order to remove these obstacles, 
It behooved Christ to suffer, Luke 24, 46. Now, although the love of Christ for us was not increased in the passion and was not greater in the passion than before it, the passion of Christ had a certain effect which his previous meritorious activity did not have. The passion produced this effect not on account of any greater love shown thereby, but because it was a kind of action fitted to produce that effect, as is evident from what has been said already on the fitness of the passion of Christ. Head and members belong to one and the same person. Now Christ is our head, according to his divinity and to the fullness of his grace, which overflows upon others also. We are his members. What Christ then meritoriously acquires is not something external and foreign to us, but by virtue of the unity of the mystical body, it overflows upon us too. That is magnificent and overwhelming to behold, friends, isn't it? By virtue of our baptism, we become part of the mystical body of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we share in his merits. And what is he merited for us? Eternal salvation. If we die in a state of grace, it is by his grace alone, by this meritorious act, that we have any hope of being saved because he is the perfect offering. He is the perfect sacrifice because he's the second person of the most holy trinity. He is truth incarnate. Only he could do this for us. It's not possible for me or you or for any other person to offer an infinite sacrifice to an infinite God. Only God can offer a sacrifice that is infinitely acceptable and perfect to our Heavenly Father. Once again, our Lord stands in that gap as the God-man, bridging the infinite divide between God and man, because he is truly God and truly man. Our Lord Jesus Christ paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. So everything that he did during the course of his life was meritorious, was perfectly meritorious because he is perfection himself. No small thing what our Lord did for us. And really uh, unfathomable, incomprehensible when we ponder it. And we should think well on it always, but especially during Lent. This is a time for us to work on whatever we need to work on in the course of our lives. Whether we need to be more chaste, have more modesty, have more self-control. That's why people do things like giving up certain foods or only eating at a certain time of day. And perhaps some people give up coffee or alcohol or 
or whatever it is, because we're, we need to work on self-control. There's nothing wrong with drinking alcohol as long as it's done in moderation. But if someone never drinks alcohol in their life, they would have missed out on absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, if someone had never consumed a drop of alcohol in their life, they'd probably be healthier, wealthier, and happier than if they did. On a personal note, I used to drink alcohol. I no longer do because it's not necessary for the flourishing of human life. And alcohol is a carcinogen. That means it causes cancer. In small amounts, obviously, it's fine. Our Lord's first public miracle was changing water into wine. Nothing wrong with having some wine with your dinner. Of course, people get into trouble by drinking too much, and that's drunkenness. That's sinful, and people commit a whole host of sins usually other than drunkenness when they become intoxicated. So for me, I decided that, you know, you save money. You don't have to deal with the potential health problems in old age. I feel perfectly fine now. I'm 46 years old and very healthy. But you don't miss out on anything by not drinking. It's different than something like smoking marijuana which I've never done and have never had any desire to do, which is always sinful because that takes away your reason or using any sort of other uh, illicit narcotic. Although, you know, it's, it's hard to call marijuana illicit nowadays because it's being legalized in so many places. Friends, it's basically because the government wants you to be drunk or high or, you know, eating too much food or whatever, just completely wrapped up in yourself and wrapped up in your sins because then you don't question all the evil things that governments tend to do to people in this day and age. So all of this is to say we're working on our relationship with our Lord constantly, but especially during Lent. And anything that is keeping you from having a deeper relationship with our Lord, you have to get rid of it. Even if it's something that isn't necessarily sinful in small quantities like alcohol in moderation. But if you just want to live a, a healthier, better life, like I do, I decided I, I don't need this. And I, I'm better off for abstaining from alcohol entirely. Number two, we should know too that although Christ by his death acquired merit sufficient for the whole human race, there are special things needed for the particular salvation of each individual soul. And these, each soul must itself seek out. The death of Christ is, as it were, the cause of all salvation as the sin of the first man was the cause of all condemnation. 
But if each individual man is to share in the effect of a universal cause, the universal cause needs to be specially applied to each individual man. Now, the effect of the sin of the first parents is transmitted to each individual through his bodily origin, i.e. through his being a bodily descendant of the first man. The effect of the death of Christ is transmitted to each man through a spiritual rebirth, a rebirth in which man is, as it were, conjoined with Christ and incorporated with him. Therefore, it is that each individual must seek to be born again through Christ and to receive those other things in which works the power of the death of Christ. We have to be born again through water and the spirit, through baptism. If you're not baptized, you need to get baptized. You need to become Catholic. If you're a Catholic who's been away from the faith, go to confession. You need to come back. Our Lord Jesus Christ is God. Second person of the most holy trinity. He started one religion, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And he wants every man, woman, and child on earth to be a part of it. Can you imagine how beautiful, how glorious this world would be if every single person was a practicing Catholic? That'd be amazing. It wouldn't be that there was no sin in the world. Of course not, because we're all weak, fallible human beings. But everyone would be receiving those sacramental graces from confession, from the Eucharist, from confirmation. We'd have holy marriages. And holy marriages produce holy children, which produce holy vocations to the priesthood and religious life. Look at all the horrors that are going on in the world. It seems like it's endless. It's because there aren't enough practicing Catholics in the world. We need more. I welcome you back with open arms. And our Lord Jesus Christ welcomes you back with open arms. If you're a Catholic who's been away from the faith for 10, 20, 30 years or more, come on home. Go to confession. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Return. We need you. We need you in the church. Helping us to build up the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I know there are bishops who are problematic and priests who are problematic and laymen like the man speaking into this microphone who are problematic and are weak sinners. But at least I know I'm a sinner who's in need of God's grace. And so are you and so is everyone you know. So if you've been away from the sacraments, come home. If you're not Catholic, convert. I highly recommend attending the traditional Latin Mass or Divine Liturgy, staying away from the Novus Ordo. I know it's valid, but it is illicit. Communion in the hand is terrible. It's a terrible abuse. It shouldn't happen. I remember watching a video one time, uh, Mr. Timothy Gordon and Dr. Taylor Marshall, when they used to do Catholic apologetics videos together, they were conducting a, a podcast and it had been stated during an exorcism that demons under the command by the power of Christ acting through the priest said that they love Holy Communion in the hand because it's an abuse. 
What does that tell you? If the demons are in favor of something, we ought to be opposed to it. So receive Holy Communion kneeling and on the tongue. Pray the rosary every single day. Like Dr. Marshall says, if you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Blessed Mother Upping came off of her throne, came down from heaven to tell the three shepherd children six times. It's the only thing she said in every single apparition of Fatima to pray the rosary every single day. Excuse me, our Lord Jesus Christ wants his blessed mother to be honored because she's our mother. At the foot of the cross, before our Lord expired and in his agony, he still found time and strength. At the end of your life, right, you're, you're going to focus on the most important things. Any average man or woman will. I mean, how much more? Our Lord Jesus Christ. So what's important to him at the end of his life and even in his agony when he's suffering unimaginably the weight of all sins of the world and being crucified? He still says, behold, your mother. To St. John and woman, behold, your son, to the Blessed Mother. In that moment, he wants St. John to love Our Lady, to take her as his own mother. And he wants the Blessed Mother to give all of her motherly care, her concern, her affection for St. John and for all of us. Jesus isn't just talking to St. John and the Blessed Mother. He's talking to everyone. He's saying, hey, this is your mother. The mother of God is the mother of us all. And the Blessed Mother takes her role very seriously as the mother of us all. And it's the opinion of theologians and philosophers and thinkers much greater than yours truly who believe that the only reason that there hasn't been some sort of nuclear holocaust in the world or, you know, an asteroid wiping out a good portion of humanity thus far is because of the Blessed Mother's intercession. She's constantly praying for us. She's constantly interceding for us. She's holier than all of the angels and saints combined. So you want to tell her you love you, you love her every single day, and you do that by praying the rosary every single day. It is the prayer of the gospel. So just do it, as the old Nike ad used to say. All right, friends. Let's conclude by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's H-A-L-O-S-O-M-A.org. Also, please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information pertaining to RPM. RPM is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know she's a comprehensive genius who composes music, poetry, 
very skilled in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. Who would have known none of that were not for God's grace, her hard work, that of her family, breaking through to open communication via RPM. Communication is a human right. Imagine how sad and frustrated you would be if you were in a prison of silence and couldn't communicate with your family. This is taking non-speakers out of that prison of silence and getting them into the world of open communication where they rightfully belong. It's been as big of a breakthrough in terms of being able to communicate as sign language was for the deaf. We could also point to Braille in terms of being able to read for the blind. It's that massive. But you can't use a tool unless you know about it. How are you going to use an educational tool, a communication tool, unless families are aware of this. So please spread this information far and wide. May God richly bless you for doing so. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please say an Ave Maria for yours truly, and I will talk to you again very soon. Goodbye, and God love you.